0: Well, good morning, Life Church. We're going to go a little uh, cash today. He was asking if you wanted me to sit on his lap, and I said, absolutely. But anyway, um, hey, thank you so much for coming to worship with us. Again, I want to mention we uh, served this past week uh, the winter shelter. So many of you uh, donated. meals and your time, served breakfast, served dinner, and helped overnight. I want to give a special thank you to uh, Jasper Gay and Matt Inman. Uh, They and so many others, but they in particular do such an incredible job just leading the charge as uh, we serve our week as a winter shelter in our community. So thank you again so much for all of you who did that and do that. Uh, We're continuing our series We'll continue our series on Don't Move That. We've talked a lot of different topics. We talked about God talked about the Word, Scripture, talked about confession, Jesus, worship. Uh, Pastor Justin shared a great, I mentioned it earlier, but I just want to encourage everybody to listen to this message on prayer. Um, It'll enable you to pray more. It'll, I believe, release the shame that often many of us feel that we don't pray enough. Um, Just an incredible opportunity for us to step into another reality that God has for us in in that. So listen to that last week. Um, But this week, we want to talk about friendship. We want to try and tackle and uncover friendship. We're only going to give it this week, so we're going to get it all figured out right here, right now. We'll never have any relational issues beyond today. Uh, if you do have relational issues beyond today, it, you're, you're the problem, and there's probably nothing we can do about it. So we feel good about that. Um, but we wanted to speak on friends and friendship in particular a little bit differently uh, because it's different than some of the other pieces that we've spoken to. It's very different um, person-to-person, relationship-to-relationship, and so we wanted to try and communicate that uh, differently here uh, this morning. So what it's going to look like, um, Justin's going to share some thoughts with my interjections and interruptions because, hey, what's friendship without that, right? Um, and then I'm going to share, and he will interrupt and interject, and then we're going to invite a panel up uh, from time to time. We here at Life Church do a question response time. We're very uh, purposeful that we don't call it question and answer uh, because we find Jesus to be the only true answer. And he just invites us to deeper relationship with himself. Um, so we have, we'll have an interesting panel with some questions and response. We got some questions from the church, but hopefully uh, you all can ask some questions today and we'll get to those. But let me just read our hallmark passage of scripture this morning, pray, and then Justin will get to his wisdom. If you didn't know, he just giggled next to me. All right, Proverbs chapter twenty two and verse twenty-eight. Do not move the ancient landmark that your fathers have set. And again, just want to remind us my wife preached on Jesus and spoke to that scripture about not just something describing a place that we are not supposed to go into, but honoring the inheritance that we already have in God. Don't move the ancient things. Don't move the old and worn and realities that we're supposed to use and invest in our lives because that's where our inheritance is. Matthew chapter five, verse 17. Do not think that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Say fulfill. scripturally thinking that your word declares two or three are gathered in my name. There I am in the midst of them. So uh, we thank you for your presence right here and right now. We ask that you, um, we just give you this time to mold us, shape us, make us more into your image, to be able to relate and connect as you would have us. Help us uh, to invest in relationships, to open up our hearts, and to be available to others. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said? Amen. Justin. Justin.
1: Amen. Good morning, church. First, just wanted to let you all know, I think many of you know this, but Christoph and I have been friends for, what, 15 years? It's 16 years. years. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. It's, it's, It's been a long time. And we've been friends throughout a lot of different seasons of life. and. We'll talk about that today. I think we'll probably hint on that at a few different points in, in today's discussion, but um, it, it's one thing to be friends in one season of life, when you're in high school or when you're in college or when you're young parents, but it's another thing to maintain a friendship throughout multiple yeah. seasons of life yeah. um, because life changes and people change, and uh, and they should, and that's that's good and that's healthy. And, um so, you know, we'll, we'll speak to that in a little bit, but, you know, one of the things I love about our stream of Christianity is the emphasis that we put on a personal relationship with Jesus. I, I love that about our stream of Christianity. I, I grew up in an Assemblies of God church, a little bit different from this church, but not not that that different, pretty similar in most respects, and... I was always taught that from a young age is the importance of a relationship with God. And um, there are many great churches out there that emphasize other aspects of the Christian faith. And uh, and those are good, and people find value in those. But one of the things I've always found value in, in the stream of Christianity that we're in is is that, that emphasis on the relationship with God. But one of the dangers that comes with that, and one of the things that I've seen people do when they are well-meaning, but they take that in sort of an unhealthy direction, is this notion that we don't need anything except for God. Right. We don't need anything except for God. All I need is Jesus, mm-hmm. just me mm-hmm. and Jesus. I don't need anything else. And coffee. And coffee. Me and Jesus and coffee. Right. And Jesus himself on. states yeah. that we have very real needs right. in our lives as That's humans. Right. And he doesn't set himself up to be our food and our drink. He does spiritually. There's an analogy there in the scriptures. But to be our actual food, our actual drink. He doesn't say he's our actual spouse. He doesn't say he's our actual girlfriend or boyfriend. I've heard some of you say weird things like that. that <laughs> I'm dating Jesus. No, you are not dating Jesus. <laughs> right, right. You never dated Jesus. Nobody has ever dated Jesus. <laughs> Come please, on. Please stop. Just stop being weird. Right. And, <laughs> You know, he is not meant to be your physical girlfriend, your boy. He's not your all-in-all in, all in that sense. Right. The Bible says he's our all-in-all in, all in the sense that he fulfills everything that is lacking yeah. in our lives and that he makes everything right in terms of our sin and our relationship with God. Um, but what I want to, to emphasize and to, to tell you all here today and, and, and what I want to share in just these couple of minutes is, is that you are— ordained by God to have relationships in your life that reflect aspects of his character.
0: Right, that's good.
1: And that reflect aspects of who he wants Mm -hmm. to be for us. And one of those key relationships is friendship. Yeah. And if you're here today and you'd find yourself without many friends and you're like, well, I'm just gonna, I guess God's just gonna be my friend. Come on. You're gonna be lonely for a long time. Come on. You will be. You're gonna be lonely for a long time. And. Has anyone in here ever been through a season, or you're in a season right now, if you'd be honest, just say, I've been lonely in my Mm -hmm. life before. Anybody, Mm -hmm. show of hands. I've been lonely in my life at times. And I believe that God has ordained friendship in order to help heal loneliness in our hearts. Yeah, that's good. And in order to give us people to walk with. And if you want to. Yeah, no,
0: so that, that being said as well, I think that seasons of loneliness are also not necessarily a bad thing, as long as it's a season right? As long as it's not your, as long as we don't accept it as our portion. Even Jesus himself was driven into the wilderness. You know, oftentimes we get into a place where like, God, what are you doing? I feel like I'm in a wilderness season. I'm never supposed, to. no, no, no. Some wilderness seasons, some loneliness seasons help develop our character, help put our root system in Christ, and also help us realize how much we do need those
1: relationships and people. I think, you know, when I think about what what is a friend and what aspect of God's character are friends designed to be for us and I I think of three things one is I think of just companionship Mm -hmm. and uh you know just just having somebody who's with you you know in in the book of Job you know Job's Job's friends in the book of Job they, they they get a really bad rap because for like 36 ish chapters 37 chapters uh they just talk too much you know that's that's basically the book of Job is it's, it's a lesson on how not to be a friend to somebody. You know, everyone thinks it's about like, oh, like God will restore to you, you know, twice. That's not really what it's about. Uh, what Job's about is it, it is it is a living, breathing example of how to be a terrible friend. So we know how to be a better friend to somebody. Um, but they start off right. You know, in chapter two, it says that Job's friends decided they were going to get together and they were going to go and be with him and comfort him. <laughs> the problem is that they weren't content to do just that. But that is really what friends should be doing, is, is, is they are there to comfort us and to be with us. You know, there have been many times when, uh, you know, Christoph's gone through difficult times, or I've gone through difficult times, and, you I've know. never wh- gone through. It, I don't know what he's <laughs> referencing at all. This and he'll, he'll call me on the phone and, you know, talk for 10, 15 minutes and, and just be like, hey, I just, I just got to talk. And, and then when he's done, I'm like, sorry, man. So I got lunch right now. Um, I got to get back to work. You know, it's, it's, it, I don't really have anything to say. And I don't feel the pressure. I used to years ago. I used to feel the pressure like I had to say something to fix something with my friends until I realized that, that the greatest way to be a friend is to be present with yeah, somebody. Um, and and that uh, there is nothing more insulting to a person's grief uh, than platitudes and hollow answers, yeah, so um, but really what is most healing in, in a time like that is, is just your presence yeah. uh, and your support, and so companionship, I think support is the second thing. Um, if, if there's somebody who uh, despises your promotion, despises your advancement, or is threatened by that, that person is not your friend. Um, there are a, a lot of people who are in relationships with other people, Um, and they despise when that person uh, sees some success in life or sees some advancement or promotion, Um, that is not somebody who's being a friend to them at that time. They might be a friend to them in other aspects, but that is not friendship. Uh, Friendship is supporting of uh, the lifting up and the promotion of people around you. And I believe that friends are meant to characterize God that way, his companionship towards us, his support of us. And then thirdly, the prompting. You know, man, I've got so many friends in my life who uh, they've prompted me to do some dumb things. And it's like, hey, you know, you should, you should go and, uh, you know, just, just order like 10 burgers at that restaurant. And If you can eat all of them, I'll pay you 100 bucks. And it's like they're, they're, they're prompting me to do something. And my friends in my life, they've always prompted me. And sometimes it's dumb stuff. Sometimes it's stupid stuff. But a lot of times my friends have prompted me to do godly things yeah. or they have prompted me to turn from ungodly things. And uh, they are meant to characterize that aspect of God, even that aspect of the Holy Spirit that would say you should turn from that, you should go towards that. And friends are meant to fill that in our lives.
0: Yeah. So that that was all decent. Um, what Justin just shared. No, I'm just that was great. Um, you know, I find the the human condition itself. To be really confusing, Uh, it's filled with insecurities. There's a lot of uh, creative uh, dysfunction. Are you with me today? Like sometimes in our lives, we don't know whether to try harder or back off. Parents, do I have any honest people in the house today? Like I don't, we don't know if we need to micromanage or just pray more or hope or or just shelter and do more. And I find oftentimes our lives. At least for myself, I'll speak for myself, I find myself drilling down to try and find a form and an equation to fit everything. I want a form and equation, I want ways and means for everything to always be, if it's not going to be perfect, at least it's going to be the same every single time. And I don't think that's a, a bad intention to want fruitfulness, to want to be pro, uh, productive, and, and to, to try and get it right. right? And when we get up in the morning, we want to get it, whatever that is, we want to get it Right, I don't think those are bad intentions, especially when you're not just talking about a history test. You're not, you're not talking about a project and work. You're talking about your life. You're talking about the one shot you have at the life you're living. But that good intention, though, at least for me, causes me to drill deeper into the details more than I probably should. And on top of that, we live in a culture that I think makes the really small things really big really well. We make the really small things, the minor things, the the tertiary things. Uh, Even to reference Justin's message again last week, we make the secondary things primary. And it all gets out of whack from there. Um, You know the old saying that you can blot the sun out with a penny depending on how close you're looking at it. My point in saying that is I can't build out with any good conscience. I I could. I could rip a verse out of context and talk about how this is exactly why we need friends. I can't uh, rip out a chapter, verse, and do that uh, to any place of Scripture that stipulates, hey, this is why you need friends. But I feel it with every turn of the Scriptures every page that we move over, every story, even from the creation narrative of Genesis where, where God's goods and goods and very good is interrupted with one not good, which is when man is alone. That even from that through to the, uh, the end of the pages, uh, every person is with another person. And we see it all the way through as God gives the prescription for mankind to move out of bondage. Yes, he's speaking to Israel in particular, but it's prescription for mankind to move out of bondage and into breakthrough and freedom is the Ten Commandments. How do we relate to God and how do we relate to others? Friendship. Jesus takes that one further, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, detailing how to be human. If you recognize Matthew 5, 6, and 7 for what it is, a prescription for God telling us how to be human, it's amazing, it's shocking how many of those words that Jesus shares are dictating our relationships with other people the place of other humans in our lives friendship is precious and it's it's a pivotal piece of all of our personhood so I want to give you a few big things from scripture and a few big uh, opinions that I have Um, first of all first big thing from scripture nobody say nobody Nobody ever does anything alone in the scripture. Noah, he ain't building no ark by himself. He ain't getting all those people by himself, right? David, Moses, the greatest liberator that Aaron, her, I mean, his father-in-law, so many people speaking into his life. You got Daniel, Ruth, Deborah, Elijah, and, and throughout the New Testament, the letters that are written aren't written to individuals, They're written to communities. They're written to people who are in caring relationships with and for one another. So the first big picture from Scripture is that no one ever does anything alone. I think that should speak to us. Number two, when Jesus is asked, what's the most important thing? He says that you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and you love your neighbors yourself. He pushes us to people. He pushes us to relationships. And the third uh, big thing from Scripture is in John chapter 1. God decides to bring his presence through the person of Jesus Christ, the Word made flesh. And Jesus, we're, I mean, of all the ways that God could come to earth, I mean, I'm thinking lightning bolt would probably be pretty, pretty sweet, right? Just signs and wonders, miracles. No, he brings a person who immediately gathers to himself other people. Relationships. Friendships. So a few big things uh, from my personal big picture, I think when we talk about friendships, we have to be very cognizant of placebos. Those things that we take that we think are doing something, or maybe we think they're doing something beneficial, social media, but they're actually not. They're actually detracting from our souls. Social media in its proper place is wonderful, but if that's where you... What'd you say? Maybe. Maybe, okay. Social media, if that's where you go to complain... If that's where you go to uh, be emotional, I would submit to you that's a placebo. It may make you feel good in the moment, but Justin is absolutely right. I can't tell you how many times I'll text him, and I will, my first text will be, hey, I don't need a response. I just need the verbal, like, get it out. And I'll just text, or I'll just call. And he's like, okay good and he does the same thing to me we went and sat the other day at a coffee shop and we meet for like about an hour hour and a half and we just barely scratched the surface of all of us just crying to each other and we just share hey this is what's going on in my life and he's like that's cool he was like now your turn I'm like this is what's going on in my life like we're not even paying attention to each
1: other to be honest yeah I was like I, I went and saw little women over the holidays and I wasn't I was like, gonna
0: say this I wasn't gonna uncover my yeah, brother I, know. But he did. I was
1: like crying like a baby during that movie I don't know why. Like, I grew up right near Concord, Massachusetts, so, like, maybe there was, like, some connection there. I don't know. But, like, I was telling him, like, I was like, I was watching this movie. Oh, my God. My, my dad and my, like this. People walking and, by, I'm yeah. like, Justin, get it together, man. And he had, he had nothing to tell me, but I had a whole lot to tell him. So, another thing on the social media thing uh, is social media is where you go uh, to receive affirmation. Right. Um, there's, there's something wrong right. with that. Um, and that
0: affirmation won't last. It, it won't. It, it no will power.
1: I, and I don't mean to say. I don't mean to say that if you've ever received any sense of affirmation from social media, that that's bad. That's wrong. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, if, if, if that is your purpose in using it, and you've got to be honest with your own heart that way, right. is to receive affirmation. It's because there is something else lacking in your life that is meant to provide that. And I right. believe, real, in-person friendship is meant to be one of those things. Yep.
0: Yep. So whether it's affirmation or venting, (laughs) uh, that's not where it's supposed to be uh, put out. Um, Number two, big thing from personal opinions is remember that friendship is always a shared experience. It's a shared experience. So the friendship that Justin and I have, I'm holding a part of it, and he's holding a part of it. I'm investing in it. He's investing in it. So it's not just a one-way street. It's got to be a two-way street, and there has to be an exchange. So it's a shared experience. And the third thing, big picture about friendship, is that it's work. It's work. And there is an absolute parallel. The amount of intimacy in a friendship is proportional to the amount of work and effort that that friendship needs to survive friendship in your marriage do you know that your spouse should be your best friend and so the higher level of intimacy should be proportional to how much work and effort you put into that friendship are you with me today Justin's with me that's all I care about all right if I could have our panel come Uh, we've got a really neat panel this morning so we're going to have some question and response time and uh, we'll just kind of see where this goes okay church all right I am super grateful for all of these people to take part in this panel. I called them all and got together with them all this week. And uh, they're all like, seriously? All right. Jasper hasn't slept at all this week. That's my water, man. Um, Which means we'll probably get a phenomenal version of his wisdom. What I'd like to do uh, starting off is each person is just going to introduce.
1: Do we we have a smaller chair for Robbie? Can we get him on a smaller chair? All right, so
0: we're going to start w- with Ashley. Just They're going to uh, introduce themselves, their name, and, and the place of life, the season of life that they're in.
2: Um, I'm Ashley. I'm in my first year of teaching and first year of marriage.
1: A lot of firsts going on. Uh, my name is Asa. I'm in eighth grade, and I'm an athlete.
0: And I'm, I'm, I'm bigger than my dad. You're grounded.
3: <laughs> my name is Kathy, and I'm married to Bruce. And uh, we have five children and four grandchildren. I had another microphone.
4: I'm, I'm Jasper.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Jasper has been married for 47 years. 44, Forty-four years. Says it every Judy time. Gay. I am a, uh, in six months now in a new relationship with my beautiful girlfriend down there, Allison. And uh, I am just in started business school. So. It's awesome.
0: Here, send that back that way.
5: Does any do any of you have anything? Oh, there's there it is.
0: Kathy was hiding it. Asa, hang on to Asa. Um, so, so do any of you have anything to add to what Justin and I said?
5: Oh, come on, Robbie. Here we go. I think it was very fruitful. I often get a lot of wisdom from Justin and sitting down with Kristoff, but. In terms of friendship, we're constantly learning new things. Even just now, as they were talking, and I had a conversation with my buddy yesterday, that did not click into my mind that he just needed to vent, and he needed someone to speak to, and I was a safe place. I always feel like I need to give some kind of answer mm. to validate that kind of venting. Yeah. And sometimes it's just allow the person to speak, be there for them, be silent, And if they ask for your advice, if they ask for your uh, affirmations, give it to them. Um, But that's just something that I've even learned just now. Yeah,
0: that's really good. Um, Spouses, if you ever want to be married, that's a great tool to to learn. In fact, to use the question, hey, do you want me to listen or do you want me to say something? You can ask that question. It's also known as a get-out-of-jail-free card before
1: you get into jail. (laughs) Or, Or... Or do you want me to listen or do you want me to fix this? Right. Especially for guys. A lot of times, man, it's like, like, you know, you want to fix something. I'm not saying all guys are like this. We're not not doing gender stereotypes, all that. Calm down. I'm just saying a lot of guys are like this where they hear and they're like, oh, I want to fix that. So let me figure out how to fix this problem. You're having this thing at work with this friend of yours. And a lot of times that's not necessarily what she wants. She wants you to just listen. Jazz?
4: You know, uh when Justin and Christoph was talking, the thing that kept coming to mind was Jonathan and David. And that's a whole different, different thing. I mean, uh, David didn't think when uh, Jonathan was throwing all this stuff at him that it, he was the one. And, and, and as we read the scriptures and we, we, we understand now how it played out, uh, Jonathan was a great friend. Yeah. You know, at that time, David didn't think he was or he didn't know it was him. And, and I just keep going back to Jonathan and David and, and we need friends like that. We need friends that are gonna get in our faces and say, listen, you're wrong. You didn't do it right or here's the way I think you should do it. And that just kept playing on my mind.
0: Yeah, that's good.
4: So any questions? Any
0: other questions someone want to ask? We have some questions that the church posed to us, but Justin has a microphone. All right. All right. So here's our first question from email. Um, anyone want to explain the difference between friendship and acquaintance? Asa,
1: <laughs> just, you don't have to. I'll just mess with you. Uh, I think that like uh, a friendship
4: between two people is like two uh, people they like uh, pour into each other, not just like mere like uh, like hey like I know you, you know
0: me like. At school, that's kind of how I am with a lot of people. Like, hey, like, I know a lot of people, but, like, I don't pour into a lot of people. Like, I'm not good mm-hmm. friends with people. Like, yeah, some of the uh, friends that I have, like, on my sports teams, like, those are kind of the guys that I uh, connect with that I really, uh, you know, like, share life experiences with just because uh, we share uh, similar interests. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, equa- with, and an acquaintance, I don't think uh, that's really how you interact with them. Good. Anybody else have anything to add? Kathy? Uh, Kathy's looking for a microphone. Hand Kathy a microphone.
3: I was going to piggyback on uh, what Asa just said. Yes, um, lots of relationships are incredibly wonderful, but you need to know that you're safe when you really start developing that friendship and sharing your life stories and um, uh, your journey. I've made a lot of mistakes in my younger years of investing in. Uh, casual relationships and sharing my story where I wasn't safe mm. and um, I, I just think through the prompting of the Holy Spirit and wherever you are on your life's journey um, just, just be mindful of that and it's, it is a huge investment as you guys said it's, it's costly friendship is costly and it's the Ca- best price that Kathy, you'll ever pay in a relationship. Kathy how do,
1: how do you know when you're safe? Say it again How do you know when the person's safe?
3: How do I know? Yeah.
0: For a friendship, when you can open up, how do you know when you're safe?
3: Um, gosh.
1: Or, or maybe what, what have you learned throughout your life to, to sort of see in certain people that have made you more willing to open up to them versus someone where you might realize, like, maybe this relationship isn't meant for that level of, of depth? Yeah.
3: Um, that's a tough question. Um, that's why I, think- I asked it. <laughs> <laughs> That's not nice. I, I, Bruce, Bruce told, me to false, okay? so um, told me to give you a hard
0: time. So just remember that.
1: It's <laughs> Bruce's fault. He told me to give you a hard time.
3: I think, I think I, for me personally, um, I know I'm safe when I get feedback that doesn't always feel really good um, mm. when they don't tell me what I want to hear. I really seek a friend who will love me into truth and not let me wander off in my own way because I'm, I'm a master at going my own way. And um, I don't want a friend to truly agree with me on all things, even my own husband. I
0: do. That's the only kind of friend that I want. uh, Give it to me, Jesus.
4: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Dad, Jasper? Back to the original question, acquaintances versus our friendship. Bottom line is an acquaintance is not your friend. You know, uh, uh, it sounds harsh, you know, but you really know if it's a friend, if it's, they're not just throwing, blowing smoke at you, if, uh, if they say things that are untrue, if the, 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 the conversation keeps going sideways. Mm. A, a friend, you will know, you, I think you'll get that feeling that th- this person is genuine, this person's honest, I can right, trust right. this friend. And, yeah, that's And good. that, I think, is the difference. Yeah.
0: All right, here's another question. How do you navigate friendships through severe life changes? How do you navigate friendships through severe life changes? Now, uh, severe life changes, think transitions. Think marriage. Severe life change, just so everybody knows. Uh, Think one kid, two kids, three kids, job change, uh, parents entering their season and you're caring for them. How do you navigate friendships through those types of transitions? (laughs) <laughs> Jasper just said,
4: "You run." <laughs> no, I'm serious. Uh, <laughs> that is stuff that is hard, but you know what? We do it. We navigate it. We don't even know sometimes how we're navigating it. But the the grace of God, the the love of God, the 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 people around us that, that helps us through through time, uh, trying times, that is a big factor in, in helping us to, to to navigate when everything is going crazy around us, when our kids are not acting right, or, or our wife is saying, get away from me. And, and a friend is, is asking you to help them through all this. And, and I, I believe it's the grace of God. It's the gift of God. It's the things that, that over the years, has helped us through situations
1: like that. I'm going to add something. Um friendships start because of commonality, right? But they stay because of commitment. Yeah. Friendships start because of commonality, but they stay because of commitment. And I have people in my life who we began our friendship because we were on the same sports team growing up. We went to the same school. We uh, Our kids went to the same school, something like that. But people like i said before people change over time mm-hmm. and what they care about changes and um, and how you maintain friendships through changing seasons is not by wishing for the days when you had more in common right but right. it's by holding fast to commitment That's good. to a person That's good. Um, and you know at some point of course you know if, if you just lack all things in common with somebody after a while it's not a marriage that you know scripturally you're bound to or something like that or you made this you know, a a, a friendship isn't necessarily something that if it doesn't last your whole life, that means you failed, or that means something went wrong. Um, At some point, you know, there needs to be some commonality, but generally they start because there's enough or a lot of commonality, but they stay because of the commitment. That's good. Ashley?
2: Yeah, something to add also, um, just acknowledge that there has been a change, like don't pretend. So good things are the way they were when you <clears throat> started being friends. Like You're not in college anymore, you're now married. <laughs> don't pretend we're still doing the same things oh, we were so when we were <laughs> in college and now we're married and so things are preach. different. Preach, preach, that's um, so good. But, <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> so good. Okay. Um, but also just um, allow the ones that are going to drift away to drift away. Mm. Instead of trying to hold on to these you know, things that we don't have Ooh. in common anymore, just acknowledge and accept that things are going to change and that as they drift away, that might just be part of kind of life's currents as they kind of ebb and flow.
0: That's so good, so good. Question. Oh no, no, not him. <laughs> I think it's a good good time to ask this one. Um, speaking of uh, commonality, commitment, um, and what you just said, Ashley, I think it was really great. When friendships experience conflict, though, how how do you determine and navigate um, whether you Whether you fight for that friendship or if it's a time to intentionally let that go, like how do you how do you measure how how hard you're going to fight for that friendship, and and how do you kind of? All right. So when a conflict comes up in a friendship, do you fight for the friendship or do you realize, hey, this is a season, this is a this is a a flash moment to kind of go separate ways and grow into different dynamics? Ravi asked for it, so take it away, sir
5: there has been multiple seasons in my life and multiple friendships where i've had to come across that where you're super close for a period of time but either seasons of life change locations change or just a person changes and it becomes incredibly toxic i think over time i've learned that it starts with your relationship with christ first just trusting and asking god and praying and asking, uh, just being led to what he has to say to you in that situation, but also coming alongside people that you trust, people that are wiser than you, people who have done this longer than you. Uh, you go around and ask. It's not, you don't share and spill all of your business and your drama to every single person who gives you an ear to speak, but you go to the people that you can trust, that will give you sound so advice. Yep. And sometimes it, that whole, it's hard. It's flat out hard. Um, you know, I used to play football. And really? I have two you st- don't look like yeah. I have I played football was, for nine years. He was years. amazing at football. <laughs> and I have two blood brothers, but there's many of guys that I consider uh, just as close or even closer than my blood brothers. And some of them I've, I hold dear to my heart. They'll be there at my wedding day, some of them I've had to separate myself from. And that was really hard. It still is hard. But I think those are the kind of things that you have to submit to God and you have to submit uh, to other trusted people around you.
0: I think on top of that, too, what Ashley was talking about in the season, like knowing the season that that was in and being able to say, hey, that was a really great season and honoring it and loving it and celebrating it for what it was and not trying to continuously drag that thing into a place that you are no longer. Were you going to add something, Ashley?
2: Uh, Yeah, just to add, like going back to knowing when it's like time, I think if your friendship is mostly conflict, that might be time. Maybe not to end it, but to sit down and have an honest conversation like, why is it that every time we spend time together, we're fighting? Like what is, what's going on with you? What's going on with me? And having a conversation about that conflict because if your friendship is mainly conflict and I've had friendships that are like that, then maybe there's something under the surface. Maybe there's jealousy. There's some sort of dysfunction that needs to be put out into the open so we can decide together, mutually, are we gonna continue this or are we going to just cut it here?
0: We had a question, too, in, in line with this that I wanted to ask about unrequited friendship. What do you do when you have a friendship where it's one-sided? You're the one reaching out. You're the one constantly trying to connect. And then there is some connection, but there's never any uh, response or initiation from the other side. Unrequited. That's a vocabulary word for the church today. Unrequited friendship.
2: Okay. Um... <laughs> um Thoughts? I and think, listen, these
0: are, these are their, <laughs> I so appreciate them sharing their opinions. These are their opinions. Amen?
2: I think first take a look, your, look at yourself and think about why you so badly want that friendship in the first place before you even go anywhere further, go to talk to that person or anything like that. Why are you seeking so deeply to have a friendship with someone who's not, you know, reciprocating that need?
0: Hmm. Kathy, did you want to add?
2: I, I was You give a hand wave.
3: Yes, that... Right on, sister, <laughs> right on, um, and, and just as, as, as we befriend people and you're reaching out and you're not getting that response back, yes, ask that question, and I have found many in many friendships I have to ask the Lord to examine my heart, what, what am I leaning into this relationship for, or what is it that I'm trying to give or receive? And um, while scorecards really don't fit in friendship, Mm. um, there has to be a common uh, investment of some sort. And um, it can be exasperating to invest in relationships that do not give back. Um, You know, I'm all about being that balcony girl for all kinds of people and cheering you on and, you know, telling you, you got this and. But if you want to stay in that pit and, you know, be the martyr or whatever, it's just like I, you know, and many times I've climbed in there and tried to drag them out or done the the antithesis that's been done to me. So just being discerning and wise um, when it's time to, to cut the string and be okay with that.
2: Just while we're on this same topic, do you guys have thoughts on healthy ways to create distance in a friendship? that there needs to be, um, when maybe the other person doesn't see the need for that, but you do? I just any thoughts on that?
4: They're always gonna be givers and takers. And, and life cycles sometimes pushes us up, brings us to places where sometimes we feel comfortable with that. Sometimes I feel comfortable just giving and giving and not being given back to, and, and I'm okay with that, because the phase that I'm in now, that I like, I like to, to give what I like to say, to talk to people and pour into them, and it really does not bother me if I'm not poured back into, and maybe I'm weird, I don't know.
0: There's no question that, that you're, you're weird. I would suggest uh, the a great book, Boundaries, by Dr. Henry Cloud, uh, in terms of establishing boundaries for relationships. Again, knowing the season that you're in with a person. Um, Ace, do you have anything
2: you want to add to that?
0: He's like, nope. <laughs> Good. That's fine. Uh, boundaries, Ashley, Ravi. No? Uh,
2: being honest. So just having, I'm going to keep saying communication over and over again because it's like a big thing in friendships, but just being honest. like hey, I need space right now. I just got married. Maybe we can't hang out every single Friday night anymore. Um, and the more you're honest and also Just like, as a
0: hypothetical. Just She's as a, not yeah, talking to anybody here. Just pull that here. out of nowhere. Um,
2: but, you know, people aren't stupid. I mean, uh, no, but people aren't <laughs> stupid. You know, they, they realize that certain seasons of life have happened, <laughs> have happened. And so just being, you know, being honest and being like, hey, I just, you know, started a new job. I need to figure out what I need to do for that job to be successful. So, can I have time to work on that first before we hang out and catch up or whatever?
0: Really good. Robbie, would you have cooking something there?
5: Healthy or unhealthy, I think it can, over the test of time, it'll really show whether they're a friend or an acquaintance. So, it doesn't matter whether um, the level of kind of conflict that you have between each other, I think. If you have that kind of connection with that person over time, um, it can erode or it can stick together. I don't have the healthiest ways of breaking apart. Uh, Neither do some of the people that I'm connected with. But you have to establish for yourself first what is healthy for my life. You can be an ear to someone. You can be there for someone. But there's also a limitation to where it becomes super toxic for you. And the way you go about it, it can be... Say it can be a very pleasant uh, descent, or it can be a cutoff where you feel it's how it's fit to, to go.
0: I think, too, and again, not to bash social media every chance I get, although it's easy bashing, uh, that we live in a world where it's like um, it's, uh, we're in a relationship, or it's complicated, or it's, it's like always kind of this like heading kind of thing but people don't ever talk to each other about where they are and so i appreciate what ashley was saying to ravi as well like the honesty of recognizing first and foremost in yourself what do you need in a relationship what are you able to give in a relationship and then being able to have the conversations from that are are really important here's a good one i have a question but first some background i'm someone who moved away from the area i grew up and grew up in immediately after college Uh, I I was my job for years immediately after grad school. Then we moved to a state to improve quality of life after nine years of working and getting married and having life. Throughout that time, I did not have people who were consistently my friends through my different seasons. My question, what happens when you truly don't have any or many true friends? What can I do differently to improve the quality of relationships I have with people through different seasons?"
5: Join a group. Join a group. Ed just pointed that out very, very well. (laughs) I came here in 2010 and I met Justin first. There was, I was just getting to know the people around the church. I didn't have a relationship with Christ and then I developed it. But over that period of time, it just eroded away. No real connections in church no real foundation, eventually over time, you'll kind of just fade away as that lady was talking. Um, Joining a group, but also understanding where you are in seasons of life and you have to be open to that. Justin in particular, I've seen him in many seasons of my life. And I think the greatest thing that I have seen uh, in in Justin and our friendship is that I haven't felt judged in each of those seasons no matter where I was, whether I was a complete mess whether I had my things together, whether I was in a relationship, whether I was dating everywhere. So it's really just having that wherewithal and that understanding that, you know, being open to other people and, and really investing yourself where you are in that time. You want say something, brother? Go ahead. Jasper's
0: reached his <laughs> limit. Can we agree <laughs> on that? Can we just, no?
4: <laughs> I think uh, if we're honest, sometimes we just don't wanna put in the time to make it work, I think a lot of times we tell ourselves or we tell our close friends that you know I want to meet uh, someone I want to know more people in the church and 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 I hate to keep pushing groups but but we, we just say it, and we don 't want to invest the time because when church is over, we have to go home, we have things to do, we have situations to be in, and, and I think we just have to be willing to invest some time
1: that, that's that 's so good I, I want to Add to that that um, I think the season that it is easiest to make really close friends in is as a single young adult. And the longer life goes on after that. I'm sorry, did you say easiest? Yes. I think it's the hardest. Okay. But you go first and I'll prove you wrong. (laughs) (laughs) If you're a single young adult and all of your peers are married, that's totally different. (laughs) Um, that's that's hard. can't change the answer think, now, Justin. You already know. put it on. we got on the recording. So, so I, I'm 30. I'll be 37 this summer. I've um, got three kids. Own a home. Own a business. My wife works. And I can't imagine trying to forge the depth of relationship that I have yeah. with Christoph. Right now, trying to start that. <laughs> yes. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying like th- that's that's difficult to do, yeah. and uh, it, it is so much more natural when you do not have the commitment of children to care for. You don't have the commitment of uh, necessarily a a career that has sort of already created its trajectory, but it's still moldable. It's still, you, you can shift things around. You've got time as a single person. Um, you know, We have some, fr- some really good friends who moved to Richmond, and they're both professionals. They have three kids, and they love Jesus, but they have had a hard time making close friendships. Mm-hmm. And it's not because they're unfriendly people. It's, I think, many in many respects, because of the season of life that they're right. in. You, you, the amount of time it takes to forge a relationship as close as like Christoph and I have, um, t- to find that time when I'm 36, is it's hard. Oh, oh, it, it, it takes so, like like let's say it takes 300 hours, you know, but I only have an hour to give a week, maybe. You know, but when I was 20, I could give, we could like hang out all night. We could do whatever else. Mm -hmm. And all Mm -hmm. that time adds up and the relationship deepens over that time. And so, you know, I want to tell you, if you're here today and it's like, you find yourself, you're, you're, you're in a new season. You move to a new community. um, There's, you've got children, you're married and you're having a hard time making friends. I don't, I want to just knock the shame off of you today and, and release you from feeling guilty about that. And just say it's. It's good if you're honest with yourself. It's going to be more challenging. Right. It is. Yep. It is not impossible. It's mm-hmm. not. It's very possible, but it's going to take more effort right. and more work. It will not come as naturally yeah. as when you're it's younger. Good.
0: Kathy, you want to add anything?
3: Um, well, something's terribly simple, but Angie hit it on a little bit this morning. Um, to make new friends in a new place is just awkward and, and awful sometimes, and sometimes we have to embrace that. And if you really are hungry for a friend then be a friend you know like be the first one to step out step into that awkward space and just walk up to people i mean we we, we came to this church i think about five years ago and ed and tammy sneed invited us here and it made I me mean, immediately I, I i don't have that problem i probably like fall in love way too easily with way too many people i'm very very demonstrative in, how I love you. No, people. you're so <laughs> quiet and demure. <laughs> Kinda. Um, but yeah, just, just get in the awkward space and okay. see what it can do for you. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think um, I want to be cognizant of the time. It's 1146. Have you guys enjoyed this? Yeah. It's been okay? Um, I do want to answer that one piece too as well, like seasons of friendship. It's interesting that when we grow up, when we're kids, oftentimes the things that determine our friendships are our parents, Play dates, the neighborhood, we're in class together, we're on a sports team together, we're on this and we're that, and we go through college and then people who are in our classes and people who are in our majors, and then we kind of hopefully find some friends when we're at work. But then when, we're, when we don't find friends in those very natural areas, we realize we wake up one, one, one day and we're 32 years old and we're like, I don't know how to make a friend because it's been so natural in terms of geography or so forth. And so just being aware of that awkward space, I appreciated um, Kathy saying that, um, because friendship does have a lot of awkward space to it to step in, be honest, and communicate. Um, And so, but listen... uh, Friendship, without a doubt, is one of the many uh, don't-move-that dynamics of our lives. And if you find yourself in a lonely season, um, trust that God's doing something, but put yourself out there as well. Pray and ask God to bring you those relationships. Get in a group. Get on a team. Serve somewhere. Give of yourself. One of the easiest ways to find friendship is to give of yourself and and see what um, comes. But I also want to thank our panel. Um, And I just so appreciate, as you look up at this platform, uh, there are many different backgrounds many different um, personalities, uh, age, spectrums. But as you look up here, you would think, maybe you wouldn't even consciously think it, but you would look up here and think, yeah, sure, that one has a friend. That one has a friend. That one has a friend. Maybe some don't have a career. Maybe some don't have children. Maybe some, but no matter what you see in people, and I would just want to speak to that, that that's something that God has put in each and every one of us, that you wouldn't look up and be like, no, 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 well, maybe that one doesn't have many friends, but you don't do that. Right? We would look up here and no matter what the age and dynamic and circumstance is that God has crafted us to relate to and with one another. Amen? Let me leave you all with a a benediction this morning. May we accept those deep-seated designs with which God has developed us. May we honor even the hard and difficult pieces of being human. May we open ourselves to the work it takes to have friends And may we remember that with Jesus, it only gets better. We love you all so much. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you next Sunday.